0: You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Hugh Phillips has been described as a modern country bluegrass man with his heart right smack dab in the middle of the folk Americana scene. He has just recently recorded his debut solo CD. It's been a long time. Hugh joins us in this edition of Americana Music Profiles from Colorado to talk about his new music. Hello, Hugh. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for jumping in with us today. Good to talk to you. Where am I talking to you from at the moment?
1: Well, I'm in my uh, studio in Carbondale, Colorado.
0: All right. Um, and, and I was going to ask you have a Nashville connection, so you're, you're Colorado born, moved to Nashville, moved back. How did that? How does that work?
1: Well, actually, I was born back east in New Jersey. And, okay. Uh, and finished high school out here in Colorado, and of course never went back because, um, yeah, just kind of fell in love with the mountains. So yeah. Um been here most of my life, and, uh, yeah, I've got some, uh, uh, Nashville connections just through, uh, a little bluegrass festival in Lyons, Colorado, called Rocky Grass.
0: Oh, sure, yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, and so I met, uh, uh, Steve Mojan down there
2: Mm a
0: few years
1: back, took a vocal course with him, um, and we became friends, and, uh, yeah, so that kind of, connected me to Nashville uh, professionally anyway so yeah
0: okay so you uh if i read correctly you had a career outside of music and uh somewhere a few years ago decided to make a transition is that right
1: yeah yeah um yeah i'm a toyota, t- t- toyota technician by trade okay.
2: um
1: for um 30 years and um you know, just kind of decided the stress and the uh, and the chemicals and everything weren't doing any justice. And right. I always saw music grew up with it, and uh, just said, "You know what? If it's not now, then when?" So
0: sure,
2: yeah.
1: Just jumped in, both me, closed up my business, auctioned off the uh, parts and pieces of it, and uh, wow, yeah, moved on. So,
0: so what was your connection to music prior to that, and and during those years when you were? doing a full-time thing somewhere else
1: well um, I grew up uh, in a house of classical music uh, my mom's uh, had uh, like many of of uh, of us had a you know uh, lesson schedule right um, for us kids and uh, we were active you know in the in the school music program as well, uh, playing a lot of woodwinds and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and her boyfriend at the time actually had uh, a really good bluesy kind of piano thing going. And they would, him and my mom would play classical stuff together. But then he taught me a bunch of blues stuff oh, cool. and taught me about blues and kind of the call and answer ideas and things like that. And uh, that kind of jumped me into really kind of looking at uh, popular music in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I never really, I love classical music, but it's just, it's really, um, it's something that for me, it's like work. It doesn't really get, I don't get to like listen and relax and, Uh and, you know, contemplate the human condition (laughs) like you can with, you know, country or marathon or blues or any of that. Right, right,
2: yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, so anyhow, um, yeah, I played trombone for a little bit, I played uh, uh, piano for a little bit, um, you know, and uh, really wanted to play guitar, but that was kind of something that was not exactly welcomed in the house, because uh, hmm. it was hard to get across that I wanted to play an acoustic guitar, I'm not streaming electric guitar, but right. um, anyhow, so I didn't get into that till high school. Okay. Um, and a friend of mine introduced me to the Grateful Dead and, um, kind of like Working Man's Dead, and, Mm um, a couple of those records. And then I kind of learned about, uh, um, Grissman and and Jerry's projects. And then it sort of went, went into Tony Rice and so on and so forth and really got into bluegrass and, and, uh, and the acoustic music and Mm -hmm. and flat picking and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh. So I've always, you know, I've always really wanted to be uh, good at that, but uh, you know, more of a campfire player uh, for the most part, um, you know, and had a cadre of country and, and bluegrass tunes um, over the years. But kind of just um, thought about really just settling in and, and taking guitar more seriously towards the end of uh, having our shop. My wife and I had had a Toyota repair shop. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, towards the end of that that eleven years of having the shop I was really committing to playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine who had a bluegrass band, local uh bluegrass band, stray gas, um, he saw that and he said, You should go to Rocky Gas and Lions and um take some classes and, mm-hmm. and meet some you know, some instructors and that kind of thing. Yeah, of course, that's yeah. a little. Turns out, playing bluegrass is a little factory for for musicians, and uh, yeah. so I like to think I'm I'm one of those that came out of that, yeah. spit out the other side, completely changed, and uh, and <laughs> on the road and and uh, not looking back. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. Were, were you engaged in in um, uh, semi professional, amateur, professional group type situations while you were? Uh, honing that craft and still working your your day job?
1: Um, A little bit. Yeah, it was more semi, uh, semi semi-professional. I got recruited to be a side man on uh, Dobro and guitar and some backup uh, singing Mm -hmm. in a couple of various different projects. Um, And that sort of really helped me solidify, you know, going forward and, and jumping in both feet to, Cut my income by two thirds and, and play music and not be stressed <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> was there a, a pivotal moment or an event or something that that caused you to say, "Okay, let's let's just do it"?
1: It was really, I think it was really Rocky Crest Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super intense. My friend was just absolutely um, sort of my guide um, in that in that week. Uh, that we were there taking classes. And uh, we weren't in classes together. We took completely different stuff. But what goes on at the campgrounds at night and the people you meet and play with...
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, you know, sit alongside them. In my first year, I think I was sitting alongside of... Uh, <clears throat> or in between Uwe and uh, Jens <laughs> Kruger. Right. <laughs> in a circle. That's cool. And... uh yeah, Uwe leans over to me, and he says, "Hugh, you're playing a D28. You don't have to beat on it. Be gentle to it." And I'm like, <laughs> "Ah, okay."
2: That's cool. You know, and,
1: you, and and you know, we've we've spoken in subsequent years. I don't see very much, but uh, you know, it's absolutely amazing to be uh, alongside powerhouse musicians.
2: Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah, that that definitely. For someone who goes from the campfire into the fire of, you know, really top-notch musicians, definitely um, right. yeah. was changing for me.
2: Yeah.
0: So if I read this correctly, you've got a a new album out. It's been a long time, and and this is the debut for you. As a, it as a, is, yeah. It okay. Is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the you left your your day job in in sixteen, and so what? What what was the focus? from then until getting this project ready to be released?
1: Um, there was a lot of changes in our life. Uh, my wife and I picked up and moved um, to Carbondale from Grand Junction mm, Okay. Um, and just really kind of wanted to uh, do a full reset mm-hmm. um, of what we are doing. And um, so my focus has been really just um, music and perfecting my craft uh songwriting networking uh learning the business that kind of thing mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because uh, yeah clearly being a, an auto technician there's not a lot of music involved except for what what's on the radio when you're when you're in the shop right or whatever. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> we're going to pause for just a moment we'll be right back welcome back to the interview so songwriting has um, been something along the way, or is that is that more of a new venture for you?
1: Uh, it's a fairly new venture for me. Um, I started writing probably back in, i oh, probably 2010, mm, 2000, okay. somewhere in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, didn't think much of it, but then, you know, some friends of mine who would hear me play, you know, some of my originals were like, wow, you know, should look look a little more into writing more songs you know he yeah some good stuff that's
2: and, good cool
1: and uh, I met a friend who uh, was also a songwriter and he had just reams of stuff because he had written hmm. and it was all really good and he and I really kind of hit it off musically and um, we've remained really good friends since um, and he's on a sort of a parallel journey. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, we do a lot of, um, uh, sitting down and brainstorming, sometimes a co-write here and here and there. Um, we have a new song that I think maybe on my not next album, but, but maybe two albums out. Hmm, maybe Okay. Throw sure on that. So.
0: so the the new one that's, um, out now, you wrote all of those? Are those all originals?
1: Yep. They sure are. Okay.
0: Yeah and uh just decided that in the middle of a pandemic was a good time to release your debut record. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well that timing was pretty funky because we recorded that in December of 18. Oh wow, okay. I think or December December 19.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um just, you know, months before the the pandemic. Yeah, okay. And uh And so, yeah, so everything else, um, the pandemic hit a few weeks after Mm -hmm. and we all kind of went, well, son of a gun, you know, I'm not sure what we're going to do about this. Yeah. Like everybody else. (laughs) So, yeah, so we, you know, we decided to sit on it a while and, um, you know i saw a lot of a, a lot of people holding back and and some people are still holding back right on their releases and i just kind of felt that you know i planned for at least two more records which is probably planning far enough ahead mm-hmm. which it is but mm-hmm. but uh um you know i thought that that uh, it's it's relevant now and let's just dump it and maybe we can shoot for kind of end of the
0: year
1: uh kind of thing in hopes that maybe this year will release a little bit yeah and it has we've got you know we've got a few shows i've got a band together okay um and we've got we've got a few shows
0: and um, you got a little bit of chart action with it too right
1: yeah yeah we've had you know i've had um it started up cdx pretty well Mm -hmm. um and it hit number two in February on Airplay Direct, so that was really cool. And country albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, where, it, where, where we pushed it hard, it did really well. Um, but I just, uh, you know, with the pandemic and not being able to tour and everything, um, you know, it was just kind of, I was hesitant how much effort we wanted to put into the whole right. the whole thing. And right. kind right. Of you know, lay that's a foundation block for the next one. Because um, it's just it's having a debut album. You know, it's a it's a huge market, so it's pretty mm-hmm. saturated. Yeah, right. And it's sure. even more saturated now. Than there's you know, <laughs> up last year. You know, it's crazy. So yeah, yeah. Um, the
0: they're you
1: know, uh, sold out of guitars, right?
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the um, couple songs. Really stood out for me. The um, I, I think uh, for the love of whiskey was the name of one of them. Uh, has mm-hmm. this kind of a Hank Jr. feel, and then you kind of get all the way to the end of the record and the um, uh, uh, Steel Drivers. Um, um Steel Drivers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, Lament. the one at the end. Yeah, Lament. Yeah, uh, kind of even has this almost bluegrass feel. Um, right. Is the the layout of that intentional, or is it just kind of the way they fell on the record?
1: No, it was uh, completely intentional. We kind of felt um, uh, Stephen Mojan produced it um, and did the sound engineer as well. But uh, when we talked about sort of how to to lay things out, we kind of felt that, uh, um, you know, that for the love of whiskey was kind of yeah, it's a Hank Jr. kind of thing. It's also kind of a whaling thing. Right. Um, really drives that sort of, um, you know, the D chord drive kind of thing. So, classic, yeah, the classic um, country. Yeah, um, and and that that really came together about just and just seemed to be something that could anchor, you know, this the center of the of the album, and then. Uh, Steel Drivers, um, yeah, we really, it's interesting because we all put that, that we recorded as a band, mm, as okay. one take. And wow, so cool. it, it yeah, it jams on at the end, um, and we talked about just fading it out. And we did a couple of demos with the fade out, and neither one of us liked it. We mm-hmm. just, it just didn't really... It just really didn't feel as organic as the fact that the whole band jammed out. I mean, we were laughing at the end. We were like, how in the world did that just happen? Yeah. We just jammed it out. And we, you know, had this uh, orchestrated ending and we're all in separate rooms. It was pretty funny. Huh,
0: that's cool.
1: (laughs) So so it really worked out. So we just, we opted to put it at the end of the record and say, you know what, that, you know, that'll, if, if people listen to the album and order, you know, all six of us listen to the album in order because I don't think anybody does anymore. But right, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if somebody does, then they get to their last song um, and they say, "Oh, wow, that's pretty cool! I want, I want more." Right? So, yeah. Okay. That's that was cool. kind of the idea. Have
0: you had a chance to with your band to share these with with an audience with with a group of folks either before or, or since the release?
1: Um, we will in a couple of weeks with the full road band but yeah. you know we haven't had okay. um, we haven't had anything um, other than I've done a couple of solo things on the radio mm-hmm. uh, here locally um, and uh, yeah most of the, you know trying to get in to do a live thing or something like that um, you know is it was pretty hard.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, just cause everything's closed. Sure. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then we had a quick, um, I had an offer to do a concert at Steve's guitars here locally, which was a really cool listening room. It was a live stream, but I think we only had like three days hmm. notice on it. And I said, you know, heck, I'm local. I'll do it. And, um, but the band couldn't do it, so it was just me. Okay. So that would have been a band thing, but it was just, you know, too tight. And we'll do that again, I'm sure, later in the season. Um, but that was really weird because there was no audience. Right. It was just...
0: Yeah, those are tough.
1: Games, venue. Yeah. My wife was in the corner under one of the cameras. <laughs> it was really weird.
0: <laughs> What's your hope with it? This summer, festivals, venues, coffee shops. What? What's the? Where do you feel like this is going to fit?
1: You know, I'm hoping we have a couple of small venues um, already booked. Um, everybody's sort of scrambling, um, you know, meaning every band in the universe is scrambling for whatever's open right. if they're oh, yeah. wanting to tour. So it's pretty, pretty tight competition, um, to say the least. Um, to get in, um, but I think we're doing okay. We're doing everything from uh, solo acts due to uh, financial restrictions on some of the venues, mm-hmm. um, to full band. At uh, anything, we're doing a bike race in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool! Okay, and then we're doing uh, in the fall. We've got uh, the KAFM radio room booked. Which is an 80-seat theater in Grand Junction. Um, so we have, you know, it's kind of all over the board. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's some, yeah, there's some other stuff, and festivals, farmers markets.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, honestly, we're taking what we can get because, you know, right, it's still a little funky.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, everybody's cr- trying to do the same thing. It's, um, man, it, it, it's coming, but it's. Uh, it's a slow process so we certainly um, wish you well with it so the the record again is it's been a long time if um, folks want to want to listen to it want to get in touch with you talk to you about it a little bit they want to get a copy of it what's the best way to do all of that
1: uh, they can do that through through our website uh, which is Hugh okay and uh, yeah there's a contact there's uh, download or physical, there's merch, there's our concert calendar, um, and other pertinent information. You can also uh, hit us up on the social, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Hugh feel music there. And um, yeah, the website's constantly changing, so there's always something new to check out there. That we put in for uh, the IBMA and uh, Americana Music Association um, showcases this oh, good. year maybe, yeah. we'll get a, maybe we'll get a bite on that yeah you know.
0: that's great that's awesome well we wish you well so, with it Hugh thank you for taking the time to talk to us and um, look forward to catching you at one of those events I, I feel confident the uh, music fits for sure so we hope that they think the same thing
1: yeah yeah well thanks so much for having me and uh yeah, we'll see you out there, hopefully.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.